be seated. In our current sermon series, looking at the dynamics of the Christian life from the scriptures, we're using the framework of John Bunyan's The Pilgrim's Progress to, to guide us along uh, that uh, journey. Now, thus far, we have been with Christian as he has left his home, the city of destruction, and has journeyed, finally making it through the wicket gate, and now he is at the house of interpreter where he learns that the house itself represents God's word and the interpreter and that candle that was lit by the man represents God the Holy Spirit's illuminating work in in giving understanding of the revealed will of God to the believer. And then the interpreter took Christian on a journey would show him seven things, seven excellent things that would be profitable for him as he traveled to the cross and beyond to the celestial city. And two weeks ago, as we considered the first of the two excellent things, we were taken to a room that had a portrait hanging on the wall, and the man in the portrait had a very grave countenance, might have looked like me, because indeed it did represent John Bunyan's pastor, Pastor Gifford. And the point of that first room was to caution Christian to be very discerning of spiritual guides he might follow. And so only an authorized guide, a true and faithful minister of the gospel, and we can apply that to really any spiritual guide that's true to the Word of God and faithful. And then he was taken to a second room, which is an interesting room. It was a parlor. It was just dusty. And a man came in and swept and just simply moved the dust around. But the lesson of that room was simply this. The only thing that can cleanse the the human heart of sin is the sweet grace of the gospel. The blood of Jesus Christ, the atoning work of Jesus Christ being sprinkled upon that heart. And when that happens, that heart is cleansed from that corruption by Jesus and Jesus alone. And so today we'll look at two more rooms there in the house. We'll look at the value of patience in the third room and the assurance of perseverance in the fourth room. Let us uh, begin this uh, message in full as we uh, go to the Lord in prayer. God, our Father, we thank you for this opportunity to to reflect upon your word, to to consider these, these excellent things, these truths that are in the scriptures that are profitable for us as we journey to heaven. And so bless us today with reminding us of the value of patience and and strengthening us with the assurance of perseverance. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so the first point, you'll see it on your sermon outline, the value of patience, the third excellent thing Christian was shown and that we are shown. And those who are on the journey, that is uh, the Christian journey to the celestial city, must guard themselves against coveting the things that are of this world and 
to be faithful in doing that, it requires patience. We want to look at that in this first point. Man is naturally impatient. Naturally, man wants to have it all right now. But we need to remember the Scriptures teach that there is so much more to life than the here and the now. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 5, verses 11 through 12. This will be one of the Beatitudes that Jesus gave at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 5, 11 through 12, Jesus said, Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This third excellent thing that Christian learns is to be patient today, even in the midst of persecutions and sufferings, or the process of sanctification, be patient today as you wait for God's best things that will be yours in the world to come. And it's interesting that as we, as we look at Christian being taken into this little room, he discovers two boys, two little boys uh, sitting there, and they respond differently to the governor that requests that they wait until next year to receive his bag of treasures. And we want to look first at the boy by the name of Passion. He's the older boy. He represents the natural state of, of human beings, of worldly people. And, and we might say that his philosophy is, I'm living in the here and now, and I want it all now. He was unwilling to wait for the best things promised. And so the governor gave him the bag of treasures that he should have waited for. And so he took that bag of treasures, and, he, and the way Bunyan writes, he just lavished through them. In other words, he ate them all up. He just used them, and they were gone. And he was left with nothing but rags. Listen to the interpreter. So are the men of this world. They must have all their good things now. They cannot stay till next year that is, until the next world for their portion of good. But as you saw that he had quickly lavished all away and had presently left him nothing but rags, so will it be with all such men at the end of the world. And so those who live by passion's uh, philosophy seek to have it all today but yet, in the end, all that is left are rags. And they lose out on the best things of God in the world to come. Jesus said this in Luke chapter 9 and verse 25. For what does it profit a man... For what does it profit you if you gain the whole world, if you have it all, 
and yet lose or forfeit your soul. The rich man in Jesus' parable in Luke chapter 16 and verses 19 through 31 gained the whole world, but in so doing, he forfeited his soul. And this rich man in the parable illustrates Bunyan's little boy passion and his philosophy. I'm living in the here and now, and I want it all in the here and the now. So covetous was this rich man in the parable that he did absolutely nothing to the poor man Lazarus that that laid at his gate every single day. This rich man wanted it all for himself. This rich man, and we would say Bunyan's little boy passion, represent those who violate Jesus' command in Matthew uh, chapter 6 and verse 19 where Jesus says, and by the way, turn to that passage. We'll, We'll be looking at this passage verse by verse. Matthew, nine, uh, sorry, Matthew 6, 19 through 21, Jesus said in verse 19, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust and destroy and where thieves break in and steal. I mean, in the end, the rich man, what did he have? In the end, all he had to show were what? Rags. He died and he suffered eternal punishment. He lost the best in the world to come. And here's the lesson. It's just a very simple, but I think a very profound lesson. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, we must be very careful not to be taken by the shiny and enticing things of this world. The deception of passion's philosophy is you can have it all now. But having it all now means you wind up with rags and lose out on the best things in the world to come. The second boy in the little room, patience, listens to the governor, and he's content with waiting till the next year to receive the bag of treasures that the governor had promised. And you see, patience, the little boy, is living consistent with what Jesus teaches, what he actually commands in verse 20 of Matthew chapter 6. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in, and still. So we're left with this question. Why do these two boys choose very different things? One chose the here and now, and he was left with rags. One chose to be patient for the best things that were to come next year or in the world to come. And it boils down to what we read in verse 24. 1 of Matthew chapter 6. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You see, verse 21 teaches that whatever or wherever we're laying up treasure, being at earth and heaven, it's a matter of the heart. What one truly loves, 
The one who lays up earthly treasures loves and serves the things of this world compared with those who store up treasures in heaven and their affections are set upon Christ and the things of the kingdom. In just a few verses, Matthew, in Matthew 6, in verse 24, this is what we read. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. What, what, what a definitive statement Jesus says. That, there really is no middle ground. You're either serving money or you're serving God. And when we lay up treasures in heaven, this means our hearts, our affections are directed towards Christ. Our hearts and our affections are on the things that are of his kingdom. We patiently wait for God. We patiently wait for God in his providential work of sanctification. We patiently wait for God in in his timetable with regards to the progress of our sanctification. We patiently wait for God in difficulty and suffering because we know that our faithfulness today is laying up treasures in heaven. The best things will be ours in the world to come, but it requires patience today. Such a difficult thing, isn't it? I mean, let's just face it. It is a difficult thing to patiently wait today anticipating the best things in the world uh, to come. Think of how much more we could have if only we directed our money to the here and now so that we might have it all or we'll never have it all because we'll never be satisfied, right? But we can have more of it all, right? Am I right? Am I the only one that's, that struggles with materialism? Last week, we filled out Faith Promise Pledge cards, didn't we? And those who filled out Faith Promise Pledge cards, and by the way, if you haven't filled out a Faith Promise pledge cards. Let me heap a little bit of guilt on you. You need to. I say that pastorally. You need to because it's good for your soul. But we filled out a little faith promise pledge cards and I made the statement this is investing in the future. A future return. Every dollar being invested. Every dollar funding the work of God such that in heaven every tongue and tribe, every nation Every ethnic group, every, every type of individual will be represented around the throne of God. I mean, that, that's really what we're investing in, not only with our faith promise giving, but every single penny we give to the work of the kingdom. It is investing in that in the day to come. And yet, the return is a future return, and we've got to wait today. And this week, as I was thinking more about, about this sermon, I just thought, you know, that money that, that I have committed over and above the tithe, over and above other giving uh, to give to the Faith Promise Fund, man, what could I do with that? 
Think of the home repairs I, I could make. And we need home repairs. I mean, think of maybe a new toy that I could use. Um, oh, a vacation. We so want to go back to Boston. Think of all that we could do if we redirected that money from this business of laying up treasures in heaven to laying up treasures here on earth so that we could have more of it all. Think of all that we could do with that money. And then think of this. If we take every single penny that we give to the church, every single penny that we give to Faith Promise, every single penny that we give to the work of the Lord, and we go and we buy as much as we can so that we can have more of it all, that in the end, all we will have is a rag in our hand. And yet if we patiently wait, if we seek to be faithful today, and we invest in heaven, if we lay up treasures in heaven through our obedience, through our love for the Lord, for our obeying His word, for our giving in light of that return that will come one day with every single elect person from all the different ethnic groups being around the throne, if we wait, we will have God's best in the world to come. So it comes down to this, you want a rag or you want God's best in the world to come? Which is it? You see the value of patience? see the value of this lesson in terms of how easy it is for us to live in the here and now so that we can have it all. Brothers and sisters, this is serious business. This business of living in the here and now so that we can have it all now has eternal consequences. One consequence is the rich man in the parable and passion in Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress. But if we're faithful to lay up treasures in heaven, to patiently wait for the reward to come one day, we will have God's best in the world to come. Listen to this promise. The Lord is, go is good. Dan read this in Lamentation 3. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we ask you to work in us that we might lay up treasures in heaven more and more that we would be like that little boy patience who says to the governor yes I will wait for the best to come next year father remind us that that governor represents your word that calls us to be patient, that calls us to store up treasures in heaven as we wait for the best things in the world to come.
And as we come now to the Lord's table in just a few moments, oh, Father, I pray that we might be reminded that Jesus said that we are to do this, we are to observe this table until he comes again. And so this table rightly should cause our gaze to be faced upon or focused upon eternity and the coming day of consummation. And so, Father, I pray that you might encourage us even today to be strengthened in this lesson of the value of patiently waiting for the best things in the world to come. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.